Welcome to Curious Psalms, a podcast where we practice reading and praying this wonderful prayer book of God's people. I'm your host, Matt, and on this episode, Luke Adams returns to discuss Psalm 54 with me. We talk about the ongoing themes that we see repeated in Psalm 54 of God's intervention, of his steadfastness, his faithfulness to his people, of foes and enemies, and they're constantly coming up. Then we also talk about the ways that this psalm could be sort of a pathway for prayer. So there's lots in this conversation. I really enjoyed it. I know you will too. To begin, here's Luke reading Psalm 54. Save me, O God, by your name. Vindicate me by your might. Hear my prayer, O God. Listen to the words of my mouth. Strangers are attacking me. Ruthless men seek my life. Men without regard for God. Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. Let evil recoil on those who slander me. In your faithfulness, destroy them. I will sacrifice a freewill offering to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me from all my troubles, and my eyes have looked in triumph on my foes. Luke, welcome back to Curious Psalms. Yeah, it's great to be back. The way I set up my notes is if I've talked to someone in the past, I basically copy and paste from my last conversation with them. And this matters because in that conversation, our last conversation together was on Psalm 33. Hmm. In that conversation, you were in D.C. That's and it correct. was our longest yeah. distance <laughs> recording. It remains, in fact, the record for longest distance Curious Psalms podcast. But now we are in the same room, yep. which you and I no. have never done. No, I feel like we should maybe scoot closer so it'll be the closest, <laughs> you know, shortest distance this is ever. Shortest I don't know what distance. that does to the mics, but... Yeah, there's just when listeners hear this strange echo, they'll be like, oh, yeah, it sounds this. We should share a mic. Yeah, maybe. there we go. <laughs> closest ever. You speak into one side, I'll speak into the other. Uh, I think we'll keep the coffee table. Okay, yeah. You know, just a little, some a healthy, yeah, healthy distance, healthy, yeah. but better, better than all the way to DC for sure. Yes. So definitely. glad you're here for a shorter psalm. Yeah. An easy one to ask you to read. I didn't yeah, feel I any guilt to <laughs> ask you to read the whole psalm. But shall we just dive in? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. The first question is, what stood out to you in reading this psalm? I feel like once you get through the psalms, and we were just talking about this, how you know Psalm 53 was similar to Psalm 14, uh-huh. and almost like exactly the same in yeah, some parts. Yeah, very close. But even this one, you start to notice like, okay, there's there's some themes going on here. We're 54 <laughs> psalms in, and, yeah. and it seems like there's some themes. So it, it kind of jumped out at me. It's Again, it's it's looking for God to intervene mm-hmm. in some chaos and some in the face of enemies i think it doesn't use the word enemies i don't think but it's people who are slandering people who are foes so yeah, yeah basically enemies again <laughs> functionally yeah yeah right and so asking god to intervene in that and also saying again like some of the other psalms we've read and i've um we've gone through in this podcast is uh that God is there. I'm looking for it right now, but surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. So kind of yeah. this, this, there's a theme here going on. There's uh-huh. enemies, but God is there for me. Yeah. And God is my help. Is kind of what stood out to me. And it's just kind of how that fits in with a lot of the other Psalms. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's helpful if the Psalms are repeating, there's intentionality yeah. <laughs> to that, right? Both in the 
both maybe the reasons for the original authors, but then also the editors of the Psalms and the yeah, order that they're too. putting them in. Mm. So we'd be wrong to think, oh, this is a repeated thing. Like they're getting sloppy yeah. and lazy now. <laughs> like they've run <laughs> out of fresh, <laughs> fresh things. What stood out to me a little bit was I've gone on a kick lately of looking for where in the text the different names and references to God mm. come up. Mm-hmm. This Psalm actually has three different references to God. One is O God, which yep. the Hebrew behind that is Elohim. It refers to the Lord in verse four, which in most English translations is probably not all capital letters. The mm-hmm. L is capitalized, but not the rest. That's because yep. that's the Hebrew word Adonai, which means gotcha. Lord. And then in verse six, uh, I have Lord in all caps. Yeah, the whole same here. Word, yeah. Because that's the divine name, Yahweh. Uh, and for whatever reason, I've just kind of been looking at this at all the Psalms because it's interesting the ways that we pray and name God in different ways to me. But also here, the very first verse is save me, O God, by your name, hmm. uh, which just mm-hmm. had me kind of intrigued. We don't use language like that. Like, I don't yeah. say, hey, Luke, can you help <laughs> me move this weekend by your name? Yeah, I'm <laughs> not going to know what to do. It's, with not that. A, it's not really a framing <laughs> that we use very much but yet it is central it's the introductory Mm. kind of petition of this prayer and one of the things that one commentator was suggesting is that it is comparing it is contrasting god with these foes with these enemies Mm. and what we know from the title of the psalm in the last few psalms i've been talking we've been talking quite a bit about the title is because it tells us it's when the ziphites had gone to saul and said is not david hiding among us yeah i was going to ask you about that what is that all about yeah so it's from first samuel and the ziphites who go to saul not once actually but twice once in first samuel 23 and once in first samuel 26 the ziphites are these people who david actually delivers one of their border towns from the philistines his men and like beat these people back deliver the town and yet they're kind of they're just opportunistic people like whenever they know that saul when david's in their territory and saul's looking for him they go to saul and they do it twice and they say hey he's hiding like here he is come get us come get him like reward us and so the contrast then between the foes who are arrogant who are like kind of taking advantage of the situation and god who is faithful yeah and has been faithful to david is like quite it's quite an interesting contrast. And so. Yeah. Yeah. And you put that in the context of for he has delivered me from all my troubles. And then that, that just kind of reminds us that there are a lot of troubles that David's mm. been through specifically. Yeah. And that we've been through specifically. It's not just like, hey, this one instance we're asking for help and yeah, God delivers us, but it's it's continuous. And right. for David, it's very real and written in other books. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So uh, that's, yeah, that's kind of the story of the Ziphites and is really the background. It's, and so it makes sense that David is asking, right, for for this help. He's being hunted, yeah. literally. And there's people who are helping the hunters, so to speak. So let's, let's right. move on and let's, talk about... Let's see these other questions. Yeah, what do we learn about God from this psalm? Hmm. I think like what you're saying, the steadfastness of God in mm-hmm. the midst of foes and very real foes. And I, I think I've mentioned this before, but one of the things I love about the Psalms is it acknowledges that we have foes, that we have enemies, that people are attacking us, maybe not physically, but in other ways in our life. And that's kind of a normal thing. And God is steadfast through all that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's not super reassuring when you're being attacked to go, oh, it's okay, I'll eventually be saved. <laughs> but I think it's 
reassuring in the sense that you're not alone in that. And it's, yeah. that doesn't make it, it doesn't make it perfect or it doesn't fix everything right away, yeah. but it's still, maybe there is a reassurance in that. It doesn't always come easily. I guess that reassurance yeah, is what sure. I mean. Yeah. I think just to build on that, it strikes me, it's significant that God is not surprised when we mm. encounter enemies yeah <laughs> like if the bible had no or the psalms had no mention yeah. of enemies if every right. psalm was, was just a psalm of gratitude right always about streams of water yeah right yeah. then we then Quiet we places. would encounter enemies or encounter friction or yep. and we'd be like well we have no resources right to what do this. we do with like, this yeah. i guess this is different than how god interacted with his yeah. people two thousand years ago yeah right so even the steadfastness also use that word makes me think of the ways like like God continues to interact with us in the same ways because mm-hmm. our needs continue to be yep. the same needs. Yep. And he's not yeah, surprised even after by 2, those. Years. Right, yeah. For good or ill. Three, yeah, right. Two it's to three thousand years later yeah. and we're hey. in the same, same boat. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was kind of one of the central verses here is this, surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. Hmm. Feels like kind of on its, on its face. It's just like, what do we learn about God from this psalm? Well, Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. But I was also thinking about like that, that surely word, obviously an English word is trying to do some translation work. Could be kind of like a look or behold or something like that. But like, I, I just thought this feels like there's a couple ways to read that almost like there is the, of course, I'm confident that God is working. Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. There's also like a version of this. And one of the things I love about poetry, right, is the intonation matters. Yeah. Is like God is the last resort. Like there's no other explanation for like your survival and preservation. Like, well, like surely. Yeah. Like God is my help. Yeah. The Lord is the one who sustains me. And I can kind of see like I was thinking about David's situation. Like he's in uh, the Ziphites are from Ziph and he's particularly hiding out in the desert nearby. Mm. So he's in like somewhat like, you know, wilderness kind of area. And I can just imagine David, he's just been chased all over the place. Yeah. And, all and the like time. some days having confidence, like surely God is my help. Like mm-hmm. guys, we got this. And then some days being like, how am I still alive? The king <laughs> is trying to kill me. Well, I guess surely God is my help. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. and uh, whether he, whichever way he meant it, just as I read it in both ways, I was just like, and God is with us in both places. Yeah. Right. Like yep. he is with us when we are full of confidence and he's with us when we're just like, well, there's kind of no other explanation. I guess you're helping me out. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but that that's like, that's the grace too, that he meets us with, that he is, our experiences aren't disqualifying of his grace. In other yeah. Words. Like he is, he's with us in both. Yeah. Um, and that, that actually can, somewhat connects uh, to another translation thing I was wondering about. So there's the word vindicate in verse one. Yeah. Save me, O God, by your name. Vindicate me from by your might. And that's not a word I particularly use a lot. <laughs> so I had to look it up. I just will to, be vindicated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like you maybe watch The Incredibles or some superhero <laughs> yeah, movie yeah, yeah. or, you know, some, uh, you know, epic. Yeah, when you, right. You see uh-huh. it. But it's not not a daily use word, at least in my experience. Sure. But, so I, I kind of understood the... The definition of clear, you're clearing someone of blame or suspicion. But when I looked uh-huh. it up, one of the other definitions, which I'm less familiar with, is show or prove to be right, reasonable, or justified. Hmm. And to me, that it felt like that. And I'm interested in, if you know anything about the Hebrew there, because to me, that second definition adds quite a bit more. It's not just wiping something clean. It's like... It's, it's not only wiping a whiteboard clean and now it's there's nothing on it. It's going and actively telling people, check this whiteboard out. This is great. Like, this is quite useful. Yeah. And this is correct. And this is yeah, this is good. 
sort of thing. So it's it's adding another layer of not just clean slate, but actually uplifting in some yeah. ways, at least in that English definition. So I'm no, I think that's helpful. I mean, for the first time in the history of this podcast, I pulled a book off my shelf. Yeah, never before been done. But we're we're diving deep here. Yeah, we're today, we're like. going for it. <laughs> but this is uh, Derek Kidner's commentary, which is basically if there's anything insightful that I ever say about a psalm. It's likely coming from yeah. Kidner first. But he says, vindicate here is a judicial term, although the verdict will have to be pronounced in saving deeds, not words. Uh, he goes on, the slur on David's character is that he is no more than a traitor. And so the request for vindication goes, I think I think you've really nailed it in that it, it isn't just uh, wipe the slate clean. It is uh, prove, prove who I am. We are coming into the court and here I am. Here's the, here's the foes or the strangers kind yep. of on one side. And they are claiming the sort of accusation against me is that I am a traitor. Like, step in here and make this right. So I think you're exactly right. There's more to it than just sort of a, yeah, a cleansing or a purifying or something Mm. like that. Mm -hmm. And it kind of connects, at least in my mind. So when I read, so there's that, the vindication sort of thing, kind of being uplifted. And yeah, not only having your slate cleaned, but also have someone say, no, this is actually an upstanding citizen Mm -hmm. who we should admire. It goes on in... Verse five, let evil recoil on those who slander me. I don't know if you ever had, so going back a little bit, but you know, elementary school playground, <laughs> another kid says something about you and it's not very nice. Yeah. And you, you know, uh, lift up your shoulders squarely, look, face him in the eye and say, I'm rubber, you are glue. <laughs> Whatever you say bounces off of me and goes back to you. Yeah. Well, it feels that feels a little bit to me like that. It's like these people are sh- like throwing evil and nastiness yeah. at me. Send it back to them. And I don't know if you ever use this on someone. I don't know if I ever use the rubber glue sort of <laughs> thing. But in my uh, memory of anything like that, it usually doesn't work very well. <laughs> yeah. You usually get piled on with a lot more because yeah. it's like, okay, it's not going to work. Well, let's just yeah, see. Yeah. But I think one of the things I felt with this psalm is there's just a lot of anger. And a lot of pain, mm. especially at being slandered. And I just imagine, you know, a kid on the playground or someone at, in an office being slandered and being like, how do I, how do I stop this from happening? Mm. My good name is being dragged through the mud. I'm getting fired yeah. or I'm being, maybe you're the kid on the playground who's now in trouble, even though you didn't do it or didn't start it or whatever it is. And um, God is the ultimate, he's, he's more than just a phrase of I'm rubber, you're glue sort of thing. He's actually saying, no, I'm going to protect you from this. Yeah. Evil. Yeah. And ultimately, I mean, this is where as Christians, it's fascinating to kind of see the trajectory because it's it's not just it is a protection, but then it gets the layers get built in where God says, actually, I'm going to take the evil upon myself. Mm-hmm. Right. So as to deliver you. And yeah. in fact, your own evil, <laughs> the evil that you commit and that recoils against you, I'm going to take right. upon myself in Jesus. And so the, the kind of it feels like some of that is kind of nascent here. Like it's waiting yeah. to kind of come to fruition, the ways that God himself becomes the deliverer. Yeah. So is that can we see this more as like, this is us, what we're asking for, which is a very real thing to ask. It's like we're evil is coming at us that we don't deserve. Take it back on the people giving us this yeah. evil. And ultimately what we're seeing is what well, we're asking for that. But what God does, instead of putting it on other people, he takes it on himself, which is the ultimate, like he's both saving us and the people who are slandering us. Yeah. And like, I, I mean, the New Testament preserves, right? Like I'm processing this out loud now and in real time, like the New <laughs> Testament does preserve a sense of 
God is the vindicator and God is the mm-hmm. judge. Mm-hmm. So I guess it isn't that he's like fully protecting everyone, every single, mm-hmm. like there is mm-hmm. a sense in which he will, he will judge justly those yeah. who need to be judged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in that sense, I guess the, the, this continues to be true. But there is here what we see very strongly in the New Testament, which is that it's not our place to take mm. that vengeance into mm-hmm. our hands, right? That this yep. is, like, even as we pray this, David is not praying, and we've seen this in other Psalms too, he's not praying, strengthen my hand that I might strike them down with my sword. <laughs> he's he's yeah. he's saying, in your faithfulness, destroy right. them. Like, yeah. I, I am in not going to do it, I can't do it. Yeah. And... I think it's actually in Ziph that David goes into the camp where Saul is encamped and like takes his spear. Oh yeah. And then goes out. Yeah. And like part of his words to Saul as Saul hears him is like I I'm not a traitor. Here I am. Look, like have one of your young mm. people come and take this spear that I took from your right. sleeping side. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not a could traitor. Could have done more. Yeah, I could have <laughs> right. And that happens a couple of times in David's Yeah, like cutting Saul, his robe right? and but, yeah, yeah. But yeah, almost uh, like I feel an echo of that like I'm not going to raise my hand against God's anointed. Mm. It is God's to deem, mm-hmm. to deem what he will do. Let's let's go to our third question now. How does this psalm help us to pray? We've kind of been dancing back a little bit back and yeah. forth, which is exactly yeah. how I love these conversations yeah. to go. But now let's really let's really think about for us, how does this psalm help us to pray? Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. It's it's very much what we've already been talking about, but it's it's I think it's once again it's praying honestly. It's praying in the midst of our, you know, pain that's being inflicted on us by other people. Mm. It's in our frustration when it's like, hey, strangers are at me again. Yeah. Um, this isn't exactly pleasant. I could use some help. <laughs> but it's also ultimately ending in trusting God's faithfulness mm. despite all that. Yeah. yeah anything of, else you'd add? Yeah. No, it's just I, what I hear you saying is in some sense, it's a model. And the Psalms are so often kind of models of prayers that they invite us into kind of pathways of mm. prayer almost. Like here's here's a way to acknowledge and rest on God's faithfulness and yeah. come to a place of celebration. Yeah. Sometimes I think, like you said, that that path for us is far longer than the time it takes for us to go through seven verses (laughs) but yeah there's sort of paths for a lifetime of prayer yeah yeah and i think that's that's absolutely true that whether it takes you know a few days a few weeks months years decades that this is ultimately true yeah god is our deliverance and our help and sustains us you know despite the troubles that we encounter in life Mm -hmm. i was really curious like or just i was reflecting on verse two hear my prayer oh god listen to the words of my mouth because I was thinking, you know, if you don't think God's going to hear you or listen to your words, why are you praying in the first place? <laughs> like, it kind of feels like a little bit of, like if you are praying this, you kind of have to assume this in order to start the prayer. So I was just kind of thinking, like, what's the point of verbalizing this particular request? Mm, that's a really good question. It doesn't make sense. I don't have an answer for it, but it, for some reason it makes me think of this movie. And let me, curious to see what you think, if there's any connections. So oh, yeah. Angels in the Outfield. Okay. There's the main character, I believe is Joseph Gordon-Levitt as a young kid, uh-huh. right? And he prays, like, God, if there is a God, let the angels win the pennant because his dad says he's going to come home if the yeah. angels win the pennant because he's basically saying it's not going to happen. Yeah. Right? So he prays, God, if there is a God. And... I think we know David, he believes in God and he's, I I think we can safely assume that, but in David's prayer and maybe in 
Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, whose <laughs> name I'm not remembering, um, as he prays to for the angels to win, yeah. is, hey, if you're out there, if you're listening, please do. There's an implication of, please, I hope you are listening, but I'm doubting yeah. a little bit. Yeah, that feels, that feels really resonant. Because one of my thoughts was there is something, first of all, like significant to verbalizing the fullness of what we bring to mm-hmm. prayer. Because I think if we're being honest, many of us do carry that question, like, if you are there, if yep. you are listening. Am I just wasting oxygen? Yeah. I hope not, but yeah. And I think, you know, on our better days, maybe we're more confident. Mm-hmm. And on our mm-hmm. harder days, maybe we have more questions. Right. <laughs> yeah. So just like the significance of even verbalizing that as a mm-hmm. prayer where we might assume like, well, you wouldn't pray that because otherwise you wouldn't pray in the first place. But like, they were like, well, actually, this is part, this is part of my prayer that yeah. God, please listen to yep. me. And then I also just thought like, there seems to be something kind of, formative to like it becomes a formative act of prayer that maybe can cultivate our longing like to be heard Mm. in other words it helps us recognize like god we come to you because we want to be heard by you like we Mm. want Mm -hmm. that kind of engagement with you i don't know that i've ever prayed outside of like liturgical like lord hear our prayer Mm. like just in sort of an extemporaneous prayer like God, please listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that feels very extra important. Yeah. That you're listening right now to me anyway. Yeah. Right? And yet it feels like to do that is to cultivate such a longing and a yearning for God to hear that feels mm. so healthy to mm-hmm. a robust kind yeah, of life absolutely. of prayer. Yeah. Um, so I thought, oh, I, I kind of want to take that. And like, I like that. Stick, yeah. stick it in my pocket, so to speak. There's <laughs> a little kind of prayer tool just as a way even for my own help shape my own heart in uh, orienting myself toward God. Yeah. So I like that. That was, that's one way. (laughs) It's funny. Like you, you know, you look, there's like the Psalm as a whole, which is doing its own thing. And then with poetry, there's like every turn of phrase can take you on its Mm. own journey. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is Mm -hmm. one of the things I like about having these conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when I feel stuck, I'm like, okay, well, what just, what just sounds a little interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Out of sorts or out of the ordinary. Yeah. Luke, any final thoughts on Psalm 54? Any other movies? Uh, maybe, any? Yeah. Any, that was pretty good. That was yeah. a good. <laughs> and I didn't even prepare that. That was top of the dome <laughs> reference. That was very good. Very impressive. Yeah, no, I think that's that's about it. Uh, you know, well, for movie references. I'll have to save some for later. <laughs> there you go. For future episodes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're going to become like our movie reference guy. Yeah. That'd be awesome. <laughs> well, thanks so much for talking about Psalm 54 with me. Seven verses, but we had a great conversation about it. Absolutely. So, really yeah, appreciate it. Me. Well, let's conclude with these words these opening words actually of the psalm save me O god by your name vindicate me by your might hear my prayer O god listen to the words of my mouth friends go out and pray the psalms <laughs>